0: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and the greatest... Tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray, and I talk about the big news. Speaking of the greatest, the greatest of all time, period. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, has been released from the WWE. We talk about it, and we talk about what may be his next step on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Also, we go back to Monday Night Raw from last night and talk about the big no-holds-barred match between Nikki A.S.H. and... Charlotte Flair, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Obviously, the big conversation yesterday was the release of Bray Wyatt and then literally Bully, and I'm talking within seconds, not even minutes, word came down that Ric Flair was released by the WWE immediately after we signed off yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon, I should say, Bully. So, yeah, Ric Flair. Now, this isn't the first time, you know, Ric Flair was a part of Ring of Honor in 2009 and later a part of TNA. So this isn't the first time that Ric Flair has parted ways with the WWE. But when you look at what's going on with Ric Flair lately, and he is such an icon, and really, Bully, when you think of pro wrestling, without a doubt, one of the, the to me, the greatest name, but also one of the very few mainstream names in pro wrestling it's very odd timing the release of rick flair
2: i once had a conversation <clears throat> with the nature boy and i said rick i know how i was brought up in the wrestling industry and when i look at a lot of the things that are going on these days and this conversation probably took place like five years ago mm-hmm. when i look at a lot of things that are going on these days uh i'm concerned for the wrestling business or i i I can't believe what i'm seeing and i said rick i can't i i don't even know what goes through your mind when you see what's going on because to him things must be completely ass backwards as we kind of know that they are sometimes in wrestling um i'm not surprised that rick asked for his release the timing is a, a a bit curious but whatever Um, We know firsthand by having Rick on our show and speaking with Rick, you know, before the show had gone on the air, he wasn't exactly enthralled with the whole Lacey Evans storyline. I'm sure sitting back and having to watch Charlotte be involved in certain things that Rick doesn't necessarily agree with bothers him. I'm sure he wants the absolute best for, you know, Charlotte at all times. And if, if, um, you know if if laying down for Nikki A-S-H, you know, bothered him that much and he felt that he couldn't be around anymore to, to view it, then, hey, get the hell out of there. You know, Rick is 70-some-odd years old. Go enjoy your life. Let Ashley, let Charlotte worry about her career the same way you worried about your career. Go enjoy your time with your wife. Go do what you got to do. So obviously, support your daughter. Support the boys. And, uh, you know, maybe have go ha- have some fun
1: elsewhere. So this is this is where I like, get an interesting conversation, Bully, to have today. And we're gonna get into Monday Night Raw from last night, which I thought was a good show last night. So there's a lot to talk about from Raw. But obviously when Ric Flair asked for his release from the WWE, you have to start the show with it. And that's the curious thing about it is from all the reports that I'm that I'm reading, and I haven't talked to Ric Flair, you know, since the news dropped, but you know, from all reports that we're reading, bully, is that he did ask for his release, and for everything that I'm reading, it's the booking that was an example of why he wanted his release. That's interesting to me, bully, because as far as I know, Ric Flair was just with the WWE on a Legends deal, you know, almost like an ambassador for the WWE. So it's not like it's not like he's a creative writer, or it, it's not like he's an agent for the WWE, where you know booking might really frustrate him and, and strain him on a day-to-day basis. That's not the case. So it's interesting in the role that he was playing for the WWE, that booking would come into the play for his frustrations.
2: It would probably be easier for Ric Flair to be an agent or a producer there or on creative there and not have to sit back and analyze what the producers, agents, or creative are doing with Charlotte. That That's a probably if I had to guess, bothers him the most um, because he knows, and I think the both of us know what we have in Charlotte Flair. And he probably takes it a little personally when she is not booked the way he believes she should be booked. I mean... If anybody has a child who plays sports, we know how some parents can get on the sidelines, Dave, right? About um, how a coach treats their children on on the playing field or whether the kid is riding the bench and the parents think that they should put in. You're not necessarily thinking about the betterment of the team. You're thinking about your kid. And we know how close Charlotte and Rick are. So if I had to guess, it's all based around creative and the fact that you know, the over the past 2 weeks, uh, who won last uh, I, obviously last night uh Nikki won, but the week before was Nikki won again, right? No, Charlotte won. Charlotte did win. Okay, uh, m- maybe Rick doesn't believe that Charlotte should be in a storyline with a girl that's playing, you know, cosplay superhero. I could definitely see Rick thinking that that might not be to Charlotte's level. Maybe this release has been asked for a long time ago but it finally came to a head with you know with some of the decisions that Nick Khan is making for you know the financial interest of the wwe we don't know but i would think it's the way rick looks at wwe creative
1: yeah and and listen we have our frustrations with it and you know charlotte is on the raw brand and when we look at the different brands of the wwe Raw is usually the one that we're most critical about because they do a lot of things that make you scratch your head. I mean, if you were to look at it, and again, this is speculation. We really don't know the ins and outs, though your guest bully is probably accurate. Do you think Charlotte has been booked incorrectly? Like if you had the pencil, would you be booking Charlotte differently than the way she's been booked right now on Monday Night Raw? It's very difficult
2: when you have a talent like Charlotte Flair because she is the the top of the food chain. Uh, you went on record to say that she was head and shoulders better than the rest. I said, no, I'm not going to go that far because Sasha and Bailey in the ring are quite accomplished and Give Charlotte a run for her money. I, I do believe she's the number one woman out there and she is one of the best wrestlers, period on the planet as far as the way she's booked you get pigeonholed when you have somebody to the you know uh, of charlotte flair's credibility and talent and uh, um just her overall athletic ability and what she brings to the table and now you look at the rest of the roster and go what are we going to do well charlotte is in that sometimes unfortunate situation of getting everybody else over but last night worked Last night worked really well and was an incredible effort by both women. And I'm not talking about the 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 use of weapons or chairs or tables. It was the way they went about the physicality. Charlotte looked like a mad woman when she speared Nikki Ash through the the you know the guardrail on, on you know on the outside, and she popped up and you saw her scream and the fire in her eyes and that look. You knew that in her mind, I don't belong here in this match because I am the queen and that championship rightfully belongs to me and I'm going to destroy this child cosplayer that everybody loves so much. And man, when you get that, it really, to me, it resonates a lot. Um, so Charlotte played her role perfectly last night. Nikki did an amazing job. The, the one thing that stuck out to me after last night's match was Nikki A.S.H., after she gets to one two three, selling and laying down in the middle of the ring while clenching the women's championship. She wasn't up celebrating. She wasn't doing the goofy superhero shit. She was selling as if she had just been in a war. And, le- and listen, Dave, Charlotte missed the spear. Through the table, and then Nikki hit her with that kind of crossroads Randy Orton esque, you know, spinning. Which is DDT. really cool
1: looking, by the way. Yes.
2: I don't think it was the right choice of moves. I'll get it. I'll get into that. Okay. It's not a big deal. But then she hit her with that and she still stayed down on the cell. And then when she finally came up, the people were there with her. And the people were there with her throughout the match. And I don't want to hear about pumped-in crowd noise and all that happy horse shit. I know what I saw. I know what I heard. Everything matched up. The people were getting behind Nikki. Because Charlotte played her role so well, and Nikki was the underdog. So as going back to your original question of the booking of Charlotte Flair... When you first look at this, would you ever put Charlotte Flair uh, on paper against Nikki A.S.H.? Probably not. But last night really worked, in my opinion. And I, and I, and I, felt, the, and I felt that I needed to tweet to put Nikki over. Um, I put the both of the women over. I said I thought they did a great job, strong match. And Nikki A.S.H. won over the Chicago crowd, which is no easy task.
1: And she did it with her underdog selling. Well, there's no doubt that in that three-hour Monday Night Raw last night, as it should be in the main event, you got the biggest reaction from that crowd last night. And I, I completely agree with you. That crowd was extremely uneven, especially for a Chicago crowd last night. In the middle of that show, there was a definitive lull in that crowd, and they got restless, and you got the... You got the Wyatt chance, you got the punk chance. Bully, you knew that was gonna happen last night. But when does it not happen? When you're emotionally invested. That Chicago crowd was emotionally invested in Nikki Ash and Charlotte Flair. And I will say this, Bully, not a great reaction for Nikki Ash when she came out last night. I think it was more like what you were saying the last couple of weeks, like a polite, like a polite kind of golf clap for the baby face as she came out. But by the end of the match is what you want to do. A huge pop from that audience. That's kudos to Charlotte Flair that we know has it in her and Nikki Ash as well. So you're, you're right on accurate when you made that statement, Bully. And it's not even the pop after
2: the match is over once Nikki got the one, two, three. It's about the respect that Nikki won from the Chicago crowd. She won them over through her work, through her selling. And listen, she doesn't do it on her own. You need that heel across from you because no baby face in the world is worth shit without the right heel standing across from them. Um, as far as working through things last night on... Um, on a, on a raw that had its moments, you know, it had its highs, it had its lows. And when I say the highs and lows, I'm talking about that Chicago crowd. Um, hats off to Charlotte, first of all, for during her promo, getting through those Becky chants. Not only did she get through the Becky chants, she turned it around and and generated more heel heat for herself when she said in her condescending voice and tone, Becky is not here I'm the one who sold this place out. Wow, talk about taking the chance and shoving it right back up their rear end. Perfectly done. On her part, and then Damian Priest, great job by him. He had some CM Punk chants going, you know, throughout throughout the his promo when he was out there with the Miz and Morrison. He just chilled out. He let him die. He kept on going, and that's all you can do. The minute you feed into one of those chants, a what chant, a Punk chant, a Becky chant, you're done because now the crowd knows that they have you, and you never want that to happen. You want the crowd to know that you have them.
1: Uh, Bully, the definitive motion for me from Damian Priest was when the CM Punk chant started, you were almost expecting Damian Priest to tense up. Like I was looking at his body language and what he was able to do. Instead of moving forward and getting tense, he immediately put a smile on his face and he sat back into his chair. Right in that moment, I was like, Damian Priest gets it. He knows what to do. He's going to be fine. Because a lot of times, Bully, we have seen, especially inexperienced wrestlers, when they're put in that position, they tense up, they clench the microphone, and they move forward. Not Damian Priest. Completely relaxed, laid back in his chair, and kind of put a smile on his face. Like, I got this. I know where I'm going next. Great job by Damian Priest last night. Dave, that word "relax" is so important.
2: Uh, I teach it every day in the Team 3D Academy. It's something that has been taught to me by veterans my entire life. You have to be relaxed in a wrestling ring, no matter what you're doing. You can't hit a hundred mile an hour fastball if you're not relaxed. You can't hit a golf. You can't drive a golf ball 400 yards if you're not relaxed. And you can't take a moment like that and let it die quickly if you're not relaxed. Great point by you about how a lot of wrestlers would tense up, come to the edge of the chair, grab that microphone tighter. Nope, not priest. Cool, calm, and collected. I'm going to sit back. When you guys are done being jagoffs, that's when I'll continue with my promo. And I didn't think that the show was worthy of any type of hijacking last night. The Becky chance for Charlotte, I completely understand. That kind of works. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. The punk chance in the middle of certain matches for no reasons. That's just typical douche nozzle, smart marks trying to hijack a show that, in my opinion, did not deserve to be hijacked at all.
1: Yeah, and then you had the We Want Why early on in the show when Goldberg was cutting his promo. But you know what, Bully? You have to expect that. One of their favorites just got released. They're a little confused by it, and they and they did it immediately at the start of the show, and then you really didn't hear it again the rest of the night.
0: This is Lindsey Rhodes, and I'm so excited for my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, to be joining the SiriusXM sports family. We'll be talking about the most compelling topics and to some of the most interesting people in and around the NFL taking a look at things through my somewhat nerdy football lens. I like to push past the low-hanging fruit to get to the real stories that are going to make you feel like a smarter football fan. So please join me every Wednesday for the NFL Roadshow, available on the SXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal
1: Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Reports are saying that he asked for his release and one of the reasons why was the creative direction that the WWE was going into and some booking decisions that were made bully. So first and foremost, let me ask you like, what's next for Ric Flair? You said, you know, the guy's been there, done that. I regard him as the greatest of all time. You know, he, he's been used by the WWE as an ambassador, even on, on TV. So knowing that a, he's healthy. We've talked to him many times on this show recently. He's in great spirits. He still loves the business. What's next for Ric Flair? I would say with a normal
2: person, try to retire happily and go enjoy your life. But there is no enjoying life, in my opinion, for Ric Flair if pro wrestling is not a part of it. I think Ric Flair needs to be a part of the wrestling industry in some way, shape, or form in order for him to truly be fulfilled. Because being Ric Flair, playing Ric Flair, is what Ric Flair does so well and I think has become a part of his normal, everyday routine. How long do you think Richard Fleer could exist
1: before Richard Fleer starts jonesing to be Ric Flair again? Oh, Bully, we've seen that before. His career ended at WrestleMania 24 at the hands of Shawn Michaels, and not long after that, he was with TNA because he just could not get over it. But wait, but
2: wait. We we don't know. At that time, I believe it was for more financial reasons for Rick. I think Rick still needed to generate income, couple of ex-wives, children, yada, whatever it was. I don't think it was the pro-wrestling drug. I think it was the fact that Rick needed to make a couple of bucks. Same thing with Hulk during that TNA run. Hulk, a couple things going on in his life, needed to make some more money. So I think that time was more about financial than it was about wow, I really need to be be Ric Flair again.
1: I, I don't know, Bully. I mean, in interviews that I heard with Ric Flair, now maybe that was ultimately the decision why he signed with TNA, but like he, you know, from you know books that I've read and from interviews that I've heard, like that next day, like the, when he woke up the next day knowing that his career was over. It was it was really hard for him to grasp and handle, and I think that he and we've heard this before. He much is he's much more comfortable being Ric Flair than Richard Flair. Like Richard Flair was who he was when he was a kid. Ric Flair is the man that he is and has been for decades now. I think he's more comfortable in that role. And bully, we have talked to him many times over the the last few years, and we talked to him. You know, when he had his health issues and his and his health problems, we've heard him in very somber moods where he was extremely thankful just to be alive. I think Ric Flair right now, especially the guy we've talked to the last couple of times, he's not just happy to be alive. He's going to enjoy life. Now, does that mean that he wants to be um, in the middle of the wrestling business? Bully, I have not seen any signs where he does not want to be around this business. I think he's very comfortable being around this business. That's why I thought this very, very interesting about this release, unless he has another plan of doing something else. Um, He can always do his autograph sessions.
2: He does commercials every now and then. Um, He does motivational speaking for football, you know, some – teams i guess i don't know if that's a paid thing whatever but i've seen rick doing other things enough where you probably generate some revenue and still have some fun but the obvious um question always comes up when somebody gets released from the wwe immediately we start talking about wow what if he went to aew now i'm not talking about rick flair and aew as a performer although rick could probably still go out there and you know pull off another great segment like he did with you know Jay lethal and tna uh and entertain the hell out of us if tony khan Hires a guy like The Big Show to be a walking billboard for AEW. Like, show, no matter where you are in public, please have on an AEW shirt. That's the number one goal. Number two, obviously, show as an, uh, Paul White as an announcer. If I'm going to hire a guy like Mark Henry to be an ambassador for this mm-hmm. company, do the charity work for this company, uh, also be a uh, commentator, uh, he's going to be a commentator on Rampage, right? Yep. If I'm going to have him, if I'm going to have these veteran talents in very visual roles, walking billboard, goodwill ambassador, I'll be damned if I don't want the dirtiest player in the game, one of the most recognizable wrestlers on the planet in my T-shirt. But we also run into the problem again of Tony Khan can't just buy every wrestler on the planet. Well, maybe he can. I,
1: I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can't believe but this is where, like, you know, if, if, if Tony Khan is speaking to his father, Shad Khan, and it was like, hey, this is a guy. First of all, Shad Khan's going to know Ric Flair. I, I guarantee you the entire roster of the Jacksonville Jaguars know the name Ric Flair. Ric Flair is somebody you could have walk into a locker room and give a speech, and everybody in that locker room is going to be standing at attention listening to Ric Flair. You know, you could have Ric Flair standing to their their newest number one draft pick, that's going to be the starting quarterback this season for the Jacksonville Jaguars in a commercial, and people are going to go goo gaga. Bully, you you talk about uh, negotiations with major networks with with uh, with major sponsors. You could use somebody that's on your roster or you could use the greatest of all time, the nature boy, Ric Flair. There's very few, and I mean, very few athletes. I'm not even talking wrestlers, athletes that are more recognizable than Ric Flair. I put Ric Flair up there with the, the Michael Jordans of the world and the LeBron James of the world. I mean, that, that, that's where I think Ric Flair is when it comes to being recognizable as, as an athlete bully. And
2: how's this? If you want to talk about it from a creative point of view, we know that Tony Khan is a huge fan of pro wrestling, of old school pro wrestling. You bring in Flair. Now you have Flair, Arn, and Tully on your roster. (laughs) Flair, Arn, and Tully. You have three-quarters of the original Horseman. There's something there for storylines. You want to talk about giving the WWE a run for their money in their 50-plus demographic? Flair, Arn, and Tully. And could you imagine that moment when Flair, Arn, and Tully could be standing in the same place at the same time? That is the definition of laying out if you're an announcer. Because if Flair, Arn and Tully were ever standing in the same ring at the same time, you say absolutely nothing. And you let that picture and that story tell itself. I, I, I mean, For you, that you, reason you. alone, you might throw your line in the water to see if you know if there's anything to do there. Now, I don't know the relationship of Flair, Arn, Flair, Arn and Tully, but... It's I, Actually, I think Rick was on the show with us saying that his relationship with both of them wasn't as great as it used to be. But you know what? Business is business. And as rock and roll fans, we know how we feel when bands get back together later on in their career after they've been broken up or away from each other. I'm going to mark out if I see Flair, Arn and Tully in the same ring at the same time, yes. even if it's just for one time only. So for those for those reasons alone, the, one, the reasons you brought up, the creative reason I just brought up, maybe. You never
1: know. I mean, if, I, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm making the call. I'm making the call. And here's, here's the thing. Like a lot of people say with a lot of the wrestlers that are on their roster and some of the people's like The Big Show and Mark Henry. Hey, these are, you know, former WWE superstar. Ric Flair transcends. You, you can't label a Ric Flair. I'm not going to stamp. Ric Flair with a former WWE employee. He goes way beyond that. When you look at the history and the championships he's held and what he's been able to do. But I think the biggest thing, Bully, when you look at it on a fina- on the financial side, because Bully, you just said it programming wise, you start, you, you make the announcement that Tully Arn and Ric Flair are going to be on the same show. I'm, I'm, I'm flying and buying a ticket for that. So that's on the programming side, but on the financial side, advertisements, sponsorship, networks, you have the nature boy, Ric Flair, walk into a conference room full of people that are potential sponsors. Ric Flair is winning over everybody that's at that table, right or wrong? This is Jimmy Smith, voice of WWE Monday Night Raw and host of
0: Unlocking the Cage on SiriusXM Fight Nation channel 156. And I'm here to let you know that Unlocking the Cage is now available as a podcast. That's right. You'll get
2: my take on the trending stories in combat sports and interviews with some of the biggest names in the fight game. I'm bringing you shows every weekday. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app free for most subscribers.
1: if you remember February 25th, which happened to be Ric Flair's 72nd birthday, we had Ric Flair Appreciation Day. We had Ric Flair on for about 30 minutes that day in an interview. And if you remember, we talked about, you know, that storyline with Charlotte and Lacey Evans. So let's go back to February 25th and listen to Ric Flair talking about that booking situation.
3: Well, I had caught us both off guard. Um, It was presented to me, but... I think it was just a, a a trial run. Does that make sense? And nobody really uh, understood, you know, for sure exactly what was going to go. I'd be remiss if I thought uh, Ashley was crazy about it. Um, for me, I, I I pretty much can pull off anything I want. Um, I'm really I'm really good at doing things if I like the program and understand it. But at the same time, I you know it's hard to be in a program against uh, someone in your family, especially your daughter, when everybody knows that you're so you're so pro her, and you've been uh, so positive towards her, and you're thinking and, and so and so happy for her success. All
1: right, a lot there from that clip that uh, when we had Ric Flair on February 25th. Would you
2: like me to translate
1: uh, that clip? Sure. Go right ahead, please.
2: What Ric Flair was saying is, I hate this storyline. My daughter hates this storyline. We don't want to do this storyline. This storyline absolutely sucks. I think that's probably. Now, I didn't think the storyline sucked. But that's, as a fan watching it, I, I can't feel what rick flair or or charlotte is feeling in the storyline it had to be uncomfortable for everybody especially like listen more and more people know people's background more and more fans know wrestlers background stories these days so we know that um uh lacey evans is married children um the underlying tone was there was some kind of relationship there they had to go out of their way to tell the story that there was no relationship there. This was just like a coach and, and, and uh, you know, uh, an athlete training underneath. You know, Ric Flair being the best of the best and, and, and Lacey Evans just wanted to become the best of the best. Every single week they ran into a new problem with this story. But they should have realized from Jump Street the number one problem with the story is that nobody wanted to be involved in this story because it didn't feel right. But if the boss loves the story, he's going to do anything and everything he can do to convince you that the story is good. Thus, he convinced Ric Flair. And Rick has admitted many times that, you know, once you get in front of Vince, he has a way of convincing you. But nobody wanted to be involved in that storyline. It was uncomfortable
1: for, I think, fans too. Yeah, and, and I and I was going to say that, Bully. I, I don't think, and we we took a lot of phone calls at that time about that storyline. The fans didn't like it. You know, the the fans didn't like it. Charlotte didn't like it. Rick didn't like it. And I think, too, what Rick was saying made a lot of sense as well. Like you said, hey, we know Lacey Evans story here. We know she's married. We know, we know her backstory, but also like Rick was saying it for himself, like, come on guys, like Vince, like, you know, like I'm, I'm on, I'm publicly saying every chance I get how proud I am of my daughter, how happy I am of her success, how great that I think she is. Bully, he was on our show many times where he's like, she's better than I am. So, like, if I'm publicly saying these things, how is anybody going to buy into the story? And ultimately, Bully, nobody bought into the storyline. And I thought that Lacey, Charlotte, and Rick did as good of a job as they possibly could, but it's almost impossible for this storyline to have succeeded. Thankfully, it ended. Now, it ended because Lacey got pregnant, and she's gone on, and she's, you know, has a family and everything else, but, like, I, I, This never was going to catch on to the WWE fan base.
2: Hopefully, now that Ric Flair is gone, when Charlotte comes to the ring, we don't have to read that little bio on her that says Ric Flair's daughter. I'm so sick and tired of seeing that. It does Charlotte no good to have people co- constantly reminded that she's the daughter of Rick Flair, especially when Rick has said that he, she has surpassed him. Now, I think that's something nice that Rick says. I, I think we could have a discussion on whether or not Charlotte has surpassed Rick. I don't think she has. But whatever. And also, we were talking about just a quick possibility with the Aew thing of seeing Rick Arn and Tully standing in a ring together and how that can generate interest for the 50-plus demographic. Well, how about if we saw Sting and Ric Flair face-to-face one more time? I know you're not a huge fan of Sting, but there are a lot of Sting (laughs) What? You always say that. But you... No, I, I'm going to say some people might hear that and go, "Oh my God, Sting and Ric Flair are standing face to face with each other one more time," and it might, they, they might pop for it. With you, it might not be so much because you're not that big of a fan of Sting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, that would be that would be a big moment. And now you have Andrade there, maybe Ric Flair and Andrade being together.
2: I mean, there's so many possibilities, and the, and the main reason, like talking about these little ideas, is that demographic. The one area where AEW can probably use a little help demographic wise is the 50 and up crew, yes. right? Yes. There you go.
1: There's your help. Now, Andre, Rick, our Rick APA, Flair is the king of the 50 and up group. There's there's no doubt about it. Just ask the ladies. Andres, Woo. our AP, just said something that really kind of gave me goosebumps. Imagine the first time Tony Schiavone is interviewing Ric Flair. There's Tony Schiavone holding the microphone for Ric Flair. If that doesn't give you goosebumps, Billy, I don't know what will. Uh,
2: I, I agree. I, you know what? And I had a thought the other day. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I got to bring it up because I just want to get your reaction. Otherwise, I'm going to forget. You know how I'm always talking about Charlotte wrestling a guy? Yes. And how I think it would be, you know, just good to see her in the ring with people that are better than her. Um, I, 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 I thought about something the other day, and I was like, wow. If Charlotte was ever going to be standing in a ring, staring a man in the eye and being face to face, I think I came up with the perfect
1: person. Who do you think? Who? Cody Rhodes. Wow. Dusty's son and Flair's daughter standing face-to-face in the ring.
2: And in 2021, the marquee reads Flair versus Rhodes.
1: Whew. And AEW, WWE shies away from matchups like that. AEW would not. They would not shy away from that matchup.
2: Could you imagine, for the last time ever, Flair versus Rhodes?
1: Thanks
0: for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.
1: Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.